Hi folks, welcome to church this morning and my name is Jacques and you are listening to our message at His People Church and we're in Peter Maritzburg, we're an Every Nation Church and we are passionate about Him and people and people sometimes ask, well, who's Him? Well, He is Jesus and so welcome as we open the Word of God this morning. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you became flesh, Lord, and Lord, you dwelt amongst us. And Jesus, this word that, that, that we are going to be bringing this morning, Lord, I thank you that you lived it, you taught it, you spoke it, you imparted it to your disciples. And Lord, 2,000 years later, you are still revealing your word, bringing your word changing us and transforming us to be more like you, that we can transform our society and our nation, Lord, to be a nation that serves you. Thank you for your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, my wife started a message that she entitled, What Are You Partnering With? And hence, hashtag two, because I want to follow on from that and just take it a little bit deeper, go a little bit further. And so this morning, what I want us to look at, and this is the scripture that my wife started with, and I want us just to look a little bit deeper into the scripture last week. It's 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, where Paul writing to his spiritual son says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now, Jenny looked at the context of the scripture. I just want to give you some of the historical context. This book, 2 Timothy, was the last book ever written by the great Apostle Paul. He was literally, he wrote this book when he was in prison and literally just before he was actually put to death by the Emperor Nero. Now, Nero was particularly hostile towards Christians, committed all kinds of atrocities against Christians. And here's Paul the Apostle in jail, literally waiting uh, for this, this emperor to, 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 to deal with him. And yet this man is saying, this man who's on death row, um, waiting for the emperor Nero to seal his fate. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. A man on death row is writing this. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I don't know about you. How many of you would kind of think on death row, Emperor Nero, you'd have a sound mind. You'd be aware of the, the God giving you power and love. This is phenomenal if you know who's writing it. And remember, he's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. And Timothy was a young man. When he first started um, with Paul, remember, Paul had that fallout with uh, Barnabas about John Mark, and they actually separated ways, Paul and Barnabas. And it was at that point that you think, oh my goodness, what a disaster, this awesome missionary team. That, it was at that point that Paul actually took Timothy to go with him on his second missionary journey. And they traveled around through Asia, and they established, remember, Philippians. We uh, went to Philippi, established that church there, and a number of other churches. But Timothy started kind of at that point, you know, when there was this, this, the, 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 this, this, this breakup with Barnabas. And he, he, he 
wrote a number of the books of the, of the New Testament. Paul wrote with Timothy. Timothy was with him in prison, visiting him, helping him. And then Paul sent him actually to go and minister to the church in Corinth, the church in uh, Philippi, the Philippians. And then he sent him to Ephesus as the senior pastor. And we read in 1 Timothy where he literally tells Timothy, stay there, don't leave. And he tells them what to minister. And, and I was just so struck by this that, you know, there are times definitely God tells you to move. We came to Peter Morris because God told us to move. But there are times where God tells us, stay put, be faithful and do what I've called you to do. And I must say, the last 16 years, we felt that conviction so strongly to stay. Just as much as we felt the conviction to go and come to Peter Maritzburg, felt a strong conviction to stay and to build the great church that God has called us to build. A church that glorifies God, honors God, planting one foot in the community, one foot in the campus. A church that, that, that is passionate about people walking in the power of God. Um, a, a church that is passionate about him and people. And so the, Timothy is being instructed by a spiritual mentor. And many people actually believe one of the reasons Paul was writing this is that Timothy was actually struggling with, with confidence and literally many commentators speak about a timidity that he had. And Paul's encouraging him to be bold, to be fearless. That's in essence what this scripture is saying, to be bold and to be fearless. And I think it's such an important scripture in these times. Here in South Africa at this stage, we've just entered level four lockdown in wave three of the COVID pandemic. And, and again, as and, and this is our first Sunday, we're online again. We are all gatherings are, are, are not allowed. And so, again, a lot of turmoil, a lot of, lot of things up in the air, trying to figure out how things are going to work with all the restrictions, etc. And, of course, with a virus around the country, just a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. And this scripture is just so rich. And I want to unpack it and just, and just what is the Lord saying to us through this. So let's go on. I firstly want to put it up. The passion, the TPT version of the same verse. For God will never give you the spirit of fear. And I just want to highlight this. That if ever there's fear or anxiety, folks, just based on the scripture, but more than that, that is not of God. If you want to know, is this God stuff? Folks, I want to submit to you, if there's if there's a cringing fear that comes with that, I just want to ask you, is that really the Lord? And so he goes on to say, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love and self-control. And I want to unpack those three things. He basically says that what God is going to give you by his spirit is three things, mighty power, love and self-control or a sound mind, and, I'll, and you'll see how they tie together. And I just want to unpack those three, because those three, I believe if we focus on those three, just three things that the great apostle wrote to his spiritual son, we'll focus on these three. They will nail fear or anxiety in our lives. So let's just look at this. So um, I want to go back, I think it was two or three weeks ago, we were looking at hope 
And remember that, that, that quote uh, that any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope is subject to a lie and is a stronghold of the enemy in your life. And we looked at that and we looked at what hope is. This confident, joyful expectation of good in the future based on the nature and character of a loving, kind, good God. And so we were looking at that and we looked at the story of uh, David and Goliath, a classic story, but we looked at the impact that Goliath had on this army of soldiers, the Israelites that were facing him. And when Goliath gave his challenge in this, these verses in 1 Samuel 17, he said, I challenge the troops of Israel this day. Give me a man. Let us fight it out together. And when Saul and his troops heard the Philistines challenge, they were terrified. And lost all hope. And we were focusing on just this whole aspect of hope two weeks ago. But what I want to just highlight here, it says they were terrified and lost all hope. And what, what's important to note is that terror is actually extreme fear. That's the, the dictionary definition of terror. It's extreme fear. So if you're terrified, you're extremely fearful. Okay. We are looking at this thing of that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Okay. So if we're talking about fear and the topic of fear, okay, this is where these guys are at. But it says they lost all hope. I just want to say that if you are struggling with hope, maybe the question is, do you need to deal with fear in your life? Is it fear that is undermining your hope and, and you not having glistening hope in your life? And so this is just where they were at. But let's go on. And what I, what I want to put up is just the opposite of where those guys were. In Proverbs 28 verse 1, it says, The righteous are as bold as a lion, are as bold as a lion. I mean, a lion in the wild, there is nothing that a lion fears in the wild. And so to compare boldness uh, with, with what a lion is like is so appropriate. But it says the righteous are bold as a lion, not some righteous. Folks, righteousness is what happens when you surrender your life in faith to Jesus Christ. You surrender your life to Him. The Bible says that in that moment when we surrender, we, we are declared righteous, right with God in His sight. And so this is just anybody. If you're a believer and you've surrendered your life to Jesus, there's a righteousness. The Bible, well, theologians talk about grace-imputed righteousness. There's a rightness with God. And because of that rightness, what does the Bible say? There's a boldness that comes just from being right with God. That is, that is the requirement for walking in boldness. Boldness as a line. It's just to get right with God. Surrender. Ask Him to forgive you of anything that you've done or said to displease the Lord. Ask Him to cleanse you and forgive you. Righteousness. The result is bold as a line. And this is so opposite to being terrified as those Israelites were. And this is, I believe, where God wants us to live. And, and, and I want, I, I'm trusting as I minister the Word of God. That this is what God is going to do in our lives. And so let's just go on. And I've got this little definition for courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is choosing to live by faith and doing what is right in the face of fear. 
in the face of fear. It's not ignoring fear. It's not, it's not um, you know, kind of burying your head in the ground, etc. It is in the face of fear, choosing to live by faith and doing what is right in the face of fear. That's what it is. And so it is, it is this place that I believe God is calling us to live from. In the midst of a surging third wave of COVID infections in the land, level four lockdown, what kind of people is God looking for? Not people who are fearfully hiding and, and anxiously stressing out about the situation, but with a confident boldness and courage that comes from God. And I'm trusting that God is going to release that, impart that to you as we, as we look at the word this morning. So the verse we've been looking at is 2 Timothy 1 verse 17. And remember, he says that, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And the first word power in the original language, the Greek word there is the word dynamus. And dynamus is the same root word that we get dynamite. And it literally, if you think of a stick of dynamite, a dynamite has incredible power locked inside of it. All it needs is just a spark to light uh, the, the, the wick and that thing blows up and there's incredible power released from that thing. And that is literally what this, this word for power that Paul uses in this, it is the Greek word dynamis, and it literally means miracle working power. It's the same word that um, is found in Acts 1 verse 8, that it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Folks, this is one of the characteristics of the spirit that God gives us. He's a spirit of power. With miracle working power. And folks, it's important for us to realize the Spirit of God that God has placed inside of us. He's a miracle working uh, power of God inside of us. And folks, when, when miracle, the miracle working power of God is inside of you, that means miracles are always an option. It's not, you are not restricted to the options that are in front of you. Miracles are an option. What do miracles look like? Well, that's out of the box. You didn't see it coming. You didn't think of it. There is a way. There's always a way with God. And I mentioned the story earlier of the, the Israelite army facing this giant. Day after day, the Bible says for 40 days, the giant came out and called forth uh, across the valley and said, send me somebody to fight with me and, and, and gave that blood-curdling challenge. And I want to tell you, those men in the Israelite army, how many of them do you think thought of the victory that God would bring that day? What was the option, the miracle that God brought? He brought a 13-year-old shepherd boy who came and fought the giant. How many of those guys do you think were standing there and thinking, God's going to send a 13-year-old to come and take out this giant. I'm sure none of them did. But folks, we serve a miracle-working God. There are always options open to God. And there are always miraculous options open to God. I don't know what challenge you face. I don't know what, what fearful challenges you face. But folks, we have options. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God, the dunamis power of God working inside, a miracle working God, a God, a, the, the Spirit of God that has 
miraculous options always open to him. So do let's not get get bogged down and think, oh my goodness, you know, God can only work this way and that door's closed and you know we've tried this door. Folks, miracles are available. Why? Because the 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 power of God is in us in the spirit of God that God has deposited inside of us. The miracle working power of God is inside of us. Let's embrace that. That is the spirit that he's placed inside of us. The dunamis of God, miracle working power. So the next thing that Paul says, he says he hasn't given a spirit of fear, but he's given a spirit of power, miracle working power. And then he says love. He uses this word love. This is one of the most endearing characteristics of God. The fact that he's all powerful, but he's loving. And folks, bringing this together is so powerful. I, I, I've known many people who, for example, can work miracles and walk in signs, wonders and miracles. But folks, when you bring it together with love, it is just so beautiful. It is healing. It brings life. If you separate power from love, it often is controlling. It becomes, people get hurt in the process. It's just, it's not pretty. I believe, this is what Paul is saying, a spirit of power and of love. Let's bring these two together. And I wanted to, when I, when, when I was thinking about this word love, the, the verse 1 John 4 verse 18 came to mind. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Drives out fear. If there was a congregation, live congregation in front of me, I would say to you, turn to your neighbor right now and tell them that perfect love drives out fear. So you can do that if you're sitting next to somebody. Perfect love drives out fear. Remember he's saying God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love. Sorry, of power, of love, and a sound mind. Why does he say that? Because love drives out fear. This word drive is a strong word. It, is, it literally means to throw something out. And I was trying to think of an example of where you would be so forceful. I can just imagine that, I don't know, there's something in your house or something around you that you just want to get out of your presence. And literally, you throw it away from you. You just get it out. It's a strong word. That's the description of what love does to fear. It drives it out. And so, folks, let us allow God to love us. The Bible says that yet when we were sinners, He loved us. He loved us before we were righteous, right with God, doing anything great for God. He loved us. He chose to set his love on us. This all-powerful God has chosen to focus his love on us. Folks, love drives out fear. Paul is saying he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of of power, of love, and a sound mind. The next one is sound mind. And I just got a little description of what this is. Because some translations actually speak about self-control. Why is that? Because the, the ancient Greek word here had the idea of a calm, self-control. There's the word self-control. Self-controlled mind. In contrast to the panic and confusion that comes in a fearful situation. Think of people in a, in, a, in a fearful situation when they're panicking and stressing out. Folks, that is not the place that God wants us to live from. It is absolutely, it, can you see how 
this, the, the spirit that God is imparting to us affects so much of our being. It is the power, it is love and a sound mind. What, what a powerful trio that God gives us. This is the spirit that he's giving to us. And you know what's so interesting? I, I, was, I was looking at this and, and I was, Lord, are you talking that this is your spirit or this is what you do in our spirit? And then I realized, why do we want to separate it out? Because the end goal of the Holy Spirit working us, that we become more like Jesus, that all of this power, love and a sound mind, that is us. We become like the one we worship, the one we serve. This isn't just Holy Spirit in us, this literally becomes us. This is what we are like. This is my spirit. This is when, when the Holy Spirit is finished working in my life, this is me. Power, love, and sound mind. This is you. Power, love, and sound mind. These are three characteristics that characterize you. The born again you, as you yield to God and the Holy Spirit works in you. You walk in power. You walk in love. And you have a sound mind, not stressed out, but self-controlled mind, thinking godly thoughts, thinking the way God think, thinks, thinks. Um, not subject to any lies, but thinking the truth that God thinks. It's so beautiful. But let's go on. And what I want to do is just follow on some of the things Jen shared last week and just build it out a little bit further. We're looking at overcoming fear. Now, those powerful three are powerful, but I'm wanting to to actually look at how do we actually undo um, the work of the enemy that we can walk in power, love, and a sound mind. So firstly, fear is a God-given natural response when our safety is threatened, be that real or perceived. The classic fight or flight response to a fearful situation. It is, it is, it can, it, it literally, it's God-given. It's a, it's a response that we give we have in certain situations. The problem is when whatever that, that happens, we get wounded or we believe a lie in that situation. However, fear is not meant to control our lives. We're not meant to, if we experience a fearful situation, that that define our life and that mark our life and that control our life. That's not how God wants us to live. Fear often has a source, i.e. our safety being threatened by something or someone. So there's a situation with someone or something, an accident happens maybe, and, 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 and through that, fear can actually become a controlling force in your life. That is what I want to address. That God doesn't want us to live from that place. This can result in our believing a lie about ourselves, God, others, life, etc., and that is the challenge. That's often where the enemy wants to come in. A place that we have been impacted through fear in this case. And then we come to believe a lie in that situation. A lie that something about God, something about others. Maybe there was a, a loved one in the situation or a family, a close person in that situation where you experienced fear. And you come to believe something negative. Maybe not just about them, but other people like them, and, and there's just so many lies. I don't actually want to voice them so much because often that can just sometimes trigger people. But we've got to be aware that it is places like that that the enemy can actually sow lies in our life. The lie becomes a stronghold for our enemy, for our enemy 
to bring fear. And this is the thing that he can then keep on reiterating. We are triggered. That lie can trigger us and we keep on living from that place of fear. And that's not the place we want to live from. If not dealt with, it can result in the door of fear remaining open. And I use the word door in inverted commas because in the next slide, I just want to unpack it. I put a picture over there of a door. And so the, how do we overcome fear? Firstly, we've got to ask ourselves, is the door of fear open? And remember, door is a metaphor. And this is something often when we do counseling, we have an amazing counseling ministry. We call it our SOZA ministry and just contact the church, uh, church office if you would like to receive a SOZA, receive a counseling session and just get ministry in this area. But as our trained counselors, when we're ministering to somebody and, and say this is an area that they need to deal with or the Lord leads us to deal with, we'll ask them the question, is the door fear open? And, we, and, and remember, this is something we want to do with the gentle guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we, we're not on any witch hunt for, for, yeah, just to kind of impress anybody. This is, Holy Spirit, are you highlighting? Are you revealing? Is the door of fear open? The next question we'll ask is, when was this door first opened in your life? And ask the Holy Spirit again to reveal to the person when was this door first opened in the life? And this is so significant because if we can go back to that place where it first happened, we can literally undo that work, um, that work uh, of the enemy in a person's life over however many years. Next question we will address, and this happens through counseling, but I wanted to share it with you because you may not be able to, you know, uh, get to somebody to speak with it, and it may not be that even, even that major, but you can pray through this maybe with a friend and say, I want to deal with this. Importantly, who do you need to forgive? Very often, if there your safety was challenged, there is some hurt or harm that comes, and forgiveness is absolutely key before we can move on. The next question is, what is the lie you have believed in that situation about God, about yourself, about others, about life? I mean, so many different lies. And again, with a, with a prayerful um, a request asking the Holy Spirit to reveal, has there been any lie in your life? And then following from that, the next important step is, is what is God's truth in this area? Holy Spirit, reveal to me, what is the truth about the situation, about people, about God, about life? What is the truth? So remember, truth needs to replace a lie. That is how we destroy lies in our lives. By first, yes, we've got to recognize them, but then we trust the Holy Spirit. What is the truth? And we replace the lie with the truth. Such a key for victorious living. Then finally, we pray and declare that truth. We speak the truth in faith. And finally, we pray and close the door of fear in our lives. And, and we will often pray further and just ask the Lord to just seal that door, that door that's now closed, seal it with His blood. It is so powerful. We've seen so much victory come to people's lives as we've ministered to people in these areas. You may say it's so simple. Folks, if it's too complex, I sometimes question if this is really God. Because, hey man, Jesus made things so simple. This prayer with the leading of the Holy Spirit is absolutely life-changing. If you want to take a screenshot or we'll upload these slides, this little slide, I'm telling you, is so liberating. If you can apply these principles to whatever area of your life, you will see victory on victory on victory. I want to go on. 
because I want to just speak about overcoming anxiety. Now, I've been talking about fear, and fear is very often you can trace it down to a, 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 a something that happened in your life where the door was first opened and fear came, but anxiety is slightly different. And I want to say that, firstly, again, it's normal to care or be concerned about the things that we value, okay? Anxiety comes in where this natural desire to care and have concern for things goes into overdrive, and we're now stressing about things that are important to us. But I want to say this, that apathy is not the solution for anxiety. Sometimes people recognize they've got anxiety and they're worrying about something a lot in their lives. And their response is to go into apathy. Apathy is literally where you give up and you don't care and you literally walk away from whatever the thing is and you and you literally throw your hands in there and say, I don't care. That's not the solution. Because literally, you know, there are responsibilities. Jesus speaks about come to Come to me, all who are, uh, you know, weak and overburdened, etc. In Matthew 11, and he says, "Learn from me. I'm gentle of heart," and 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 he literally speaks about the, 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 the that there are there are burdens or responsibility that he gives to us. For example, I'm a husband. I have responsibility for a beautiful wife. I'm a father. I have responsibility for my children. I can't throw it away in apathy and walk away from them. In, 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 in an apathetical attitude. But if I'm worrying and stressing, I need to deal with it. And that's what we want to address this morning. So, f- however, living with constant high levels of stressful anxiety and worry isn't healthy. It's not healthy for our, for our, our souls, our bodies, and is not God's will for us. Anxiety and worry is different from fear because it doesn't have a clear source. I just want to highlight this. You see, often fear, you can very much trace it and and connect it to something that happened in your life and that button gets pressed and you experience that fear. Anxiety and worry is often not as clear a source. Um, People are anxious because of areas that they are uncertain about. So uncertainty about uh, for example, the outcome of a situation, I've written it over there, or something in the future is often the source of anxiety, of worry. And folks, I just highlight that word uncertain because my goodness, we live in uncertain times. I mean, we don't know, you know, when schools are going to reopen. We don't know, I mean, officially, you know, two weeks of, uh, you know, level four lockdown. Who knows if it will be two weeks you know, many businesses are closed, etc. I mean, as a church, we can't gather. There's so much uncertainty. So in, a, in an atmosphere of uncertainty, hey, there's going to be so much anxiety and so much worry because that's just the definition and the source of anxiety. So let's look at this. And so I want to start by just putting the scripture up here. It's 1 Peter 5 verse 7, and it says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Folks, it is not difficult to deal with anxiety either. The Bible says cast and literally means to throw all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Folks, because he cares for you, he cares about whatever anxiety you carry. The root of a lot of anxiety is the reality that you do care 
about people, about situations, about outcomes. You do care. And that's biblical and that's godly and it's wonderful. But when it is anxiety and worry, that is going into overdrive. We need to trust God with those situations without throwing the baby out of the bathwater and walking away from our responsibilities. So how, what do we do with it? We don't throw it away. We throw it to Jesus. Casting, if you kind of think of, you know, casting a fishing line, literally throwing it on him, all our anxiety on him because he cares for you. Beautiful picture, literally just you thinking of that worry and you throwing on him. I remember a story years ago. I heard of this guy was teaching um, on this verse and he was saying, he said, literally write your anxiety, your worry on a piece of paper. So all the students did. It was in a Bible school class and they wrote it on there. And then, um, uh, but he did an example. He also did it himself. And he wrote the anxiety, the worry on the piece of paper. And he said, now make it, make it a little ball, make it a ball. And he said, now throw it away. And he threw it into the class. And his particular ball of anxiety, this piece of paper, literally landed in the lap of his fiancée. Anyway, the class burst out laughing and, and you can, I hope you can see the humor in it. But it's a little story that hopefully gives you a metaphor, a word picture of what this looks like. Throwing your anxiety on Jesus. Trust him with it. Trust him. Why? Because he cares for you. The Bible also gives this beautiful, beautiful description of what and how practically. It's great. Okay. What? Must I write it on a piece of paper and throw it to my, my, my fiancé? No, that's not what I'm saying. What does it look like? Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 says it so well. Do not be anxious about anything. There's the word anxious. But in everything by prayer. Our prayer. That is how it happens. That is how you cast this anxiety onto Jesus. By prayer. Prayer is verbalizing, talking to God. It says with prayer and petition, petition is another word for prayer. It's a kind of prayer with thanksgiving. And what do we give thanks? We give thanks that we can give it to him, that he cares for us, that he can handle it, that he's got it. Present your request to God. Present your request to God. A beautiful description of prayer. This is what we are doing. We are, we are praying. And in the act of praying, that is how we cast it on the Lord. And look at the consequence of this of literally transferring the, 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 the stress of it to him, the anxiety of it to him. Folks, don't worry. He can handle the anxiety of your anxiety, okay? Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, the shalom of God, which transcends all understanding, which passes. In other words, this is a peace that doesn't make sense. Folks, I've experienced this time and time again, where I have something I'm stressing about, I'm worrying about, I'm anxious about. And I give it to God. And my circumstances don't change. You know, for argument's sake, you know, my bank balance doesn't change. I can still look on my phone and see, well, that's my bank balance. But five minutes ago, I was stressing about that number of, of the bank balance. Now I've prayed, I'm giving it to God, I'm trusting Him. I can still look at the same, it's the same number. My situation doesn't change. And so it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Five minutes ago, you were stressing, now you're not. Well, that is what the Bible is saying. It's speaking about here yeah, a peace that transcends, that, that passes understanding. Okay, bank balance hasn't changed, but I'm trusting God now. I'm not stressing about it, okay? Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Literally, 
I mean, think of what a guard is. It stops any intruders from coming in. It stops. This is a piece that stops the intruders of anxiety and worry from coming into your life. How many say, I want that guard? Well, this is what the shalom of God, the peace of God is. If we cast our cares, how do we do it? By praying, by presenting our request to God. That's how it happens. And so, and so I want us to do it. I've written out a prayer. It's on the screen over here. We're going to pray right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. We're going to pray this prayer. And I'm putting it on the screen so that you can have it and you can pray it wherever. And literally all I did was I took the words of Scripture and I said, let's pray these words. Let's do the word. Let's pray. So let's just pray together. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am your child completely surrendered to you. Firstly, I ask you to search me, Lord, and reveal to me the areas that I'm anxious about. I now bring these areas to you. Dot, dot, dot. Right now, can you bring those areas that you are anxious about to the Lord? And Lord, I cast them onto you because I know you care for me. I choose to trust you with these areas totally. I ask you for your peace, supernatural peace, to guard my heart and my mind in these areas. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And you know, I shared this, I shared this, uh, these slides with my wife. And she said, she said, remember, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And she said, do you know what the next verse is in in Philippians, the scripture we looked at, verse 8. This is it. And I want to finish with this. What do we do? How do we walk after we've prayed that prayer? We've cast our cares on Jesus. We've given it to him. How do we walk? Verse 8 is the key in the message. Summing it all up, friends. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Can we meditate can we fill our minds with these things this is how we live after we prayed the prayer of casting our cares on jesus this is this is where we go this is where we live and lord i pray for every single person listening to this message may they know may they experience 
the reality that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of dunamis, of love, a love that drives out fear, and of a sound mind, Lord, a mind that thinks the best, not the worst, that thinks of the beautiful, not the ugly, that thinks on things that are true and noble and reputable and authentic and compelling and gracious. Thank you, Lord, that that is where we live. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Good morning, His People family. I'll be taking you through the announcements for this morning. Our first announcement is on our services being back online until further notice, every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. You can join us on Zoom or you can look for us on YouTube, His People Church, Peter Maritzburg. Our second announcement is on Every Nation Evangelism Conference under the theme Lift Up Your Eyes from the 22nd to the 24th of July online. This will be a time of being equipped to be confident to share the gospel, to be activated to reach the lost, and to go win souls for Christ. If you would like to get more information about this conference, you can go to ensaevangelism.com. It is time for our mid-year prayer, fasting, and consecration. And our theme is going to be Christ in you, the hope of glory from Colossians 1 verse 27. And this embodies so many aspects that God has been speaking to us over the last months. And it will run from next Tuesday, the 13th of July to Thursday, the 15th. And we see this as a critical Kronos time in our nation and in our province. And we'll be praying online each evening from 5.30 to 6.30. And there'll be further details in soon. But we invite you to join us next week for this very significant time. As we've examined 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, I want us to apply it to the area of our finances. And we can either make decisions from fear or allowing the Holy Spirit to operate. I believe that every time we give, we reduce the influence of fear in our lives. Fear makes us want to keep everything all to ourselves because of a fear of lack. It's why I believe God tells us to give our tithes the first tenth of our income before we pay in expenses. And if we're battling with a fear of lack, giving an offering can be a declaration of faith spiritually and release freedom. Giving declares that we trust God and give Him room to work powerfully and supernaturally to provide. There's the power. Knowing that He loves and cares for us as a good Father and that we are releasing His love for others. There's the love, power, love. And we tap into his wisdom to make good decisions, have a sound mind, and have self-control in using our finances. And there's the sound mind and self-control. And so I invite you now 
to give your tithes to the place where you're being spiritually fed. And the details of our bank account are on the screen. If this is the place where you uh, call your spiritual home and or if you would like to give an offering, which is over and above the tithe and give it as a stand against fear in your life. And if we can pray now. So, Father God, we release faith to all of us as we consider our finances. We choose today to partner with you, Holy Spirit, to see power, love and a sound mind released in us as we operate with the gift of finances that you have given us in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za and for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.